not sure if this is week 11 or 12, but it's been a while. It's always difficult if you're in a series and half the congregation doesn't show up one week. <laughs> They're at the woman's retreat because you don't want to carry on and they miss out on one. So what I'm going to do this morning is a, a little bit of a review of, of the series, but I'm going to do it in such a way that you don't just hear me regurgitate what we've already gone through. We're going to go deeper into one aspect of it. But let me um, go over kind of what we've learned so far. First part of it was God. We looked at some of the names of God, different names that God has for himself. Um, and the question that I asked, if I remember rightly that week, is most of those names for God come from people's experiences of God. Provider, hope. What's your name for God? What is your experience of God? If, if somebody was to come to you and say, who is God to you? Well, God is. So that's what, kind of where we started. Then we went to the Word, and we had a number of, of things under the Word. We have to, you choose to trust it. You strive to read it. You seek to understand it. You endeavor to apply it. And if you really want to get into the Word, undertake to teach it. Learn it in such a way that you can explain it to someone else. That'll get you deep into God's Word, because... You're anticipating the questions that are going to be asked. And they're going to be asked, so be ready for them. And then uh, week three, we kind of turned a corner. We talked about children of God. Who are the children of God? We are. We're all children of God, right? Every single one of us is precious child. And, and when you think about that, if, if we're all children of God, every ministry... Every one of us is in children's ministry because we're ministering to the children of God, whether they're this tall, this tall, or this tall. We're all children of God. And next week, we're going to have a, a fun time. Um, next week, our kids are, are leading worship, and we have baptisms going on. We're going to have communion, so it's going to be a really good, fun kind of family children of God service next week. And then we took a turn to Luke chapter 15. And we've kind of been in this one for a while. Three words that come out of Luke 15. Fruit, remain, and love. We discovered that the fruit that, that God tells us to bear is actually answered prayer. I kind of like that. But it comes about when we remain in him. What does it mean to remain in, in him? We obey him. And what does he want us to do? Love. Love. His command is simple. Love God. Love one another as you love yourself. And we looked at laser love. And I'm not going to get into that um, over the last couple of weeks. If we remain in Christ, he answers our prayers. Now, all of these, you can go to our website, our Facebook page, our app. You can download them. You can watch them online. This morning, I want to loop back to this prayer and talk about patterns for prayer. Dive deeper into prayer. Now, prayer on the surface is one of those things, you know, like, what's to talk about? I pray. What more is there? It gets a lot more complex than that. It gets deeper than that. In fact, it's one of the things I get asked about most often. Things like, um, what's it appropriate to pray for? 
Is it okay for me to pray that, that God would provide money for my rent? Is it okay that I would pray for this neighbor who's an absolute neighbor? <laughs> What's it appropriate to pray for? Where is it okay to pray? Where, I like this boy. You're going ahead of me here. <laughs> How should I pray? Do I have to have my hands together? Do I have to have my eyes closed? Well, let me answer that one real quick. If you've got your Bible, turn to Hezekiah 4.13. Anyone got their Bibles? Hezekiah 4.13. There's no Hezekiah. Don't bother looking. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Someone got me on that one time. <laughs> I like to use it. In the Bible, there are lots of descriptions of prayer. Sometimes people pray with their hands raised. Sometimes they pray with their head up. Sometimes they pray on their knees. Sometimes they pray lying down. Sometimes they pray sitting. Head bowed. There's nothing in the Bible about putting your hands together and closing your eyes. Nothing wrong with putting your hands together and closing your eyes. I think it probably came about mostly for kids. Put your hand together, you're not fidgeting, close your eyes, you're not distracted. I can come before God, I can focus on God. The problem is that sometimes prayer becomes a formula. People think if, if I'm in the right place and I have the right posture and the right words, then God will hear my prayer. And if I don't, then God won't hear my prayer. And, and you could tell it's that way because how many of us know people, and I hope you're not one of them, but if you are, you are. And they talk in perfectly normal English until they go to pray. Then they turn to King James English. Oh, Lord, thou art great. Like, well, what, what is that? That's a formula for prayer. It's something that kind of gets learned. It's a very churchy way of doing things. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you need to be free of that. You don't have to pray in that manner to get God's attention. So today we're going to talk about patterns for prayer. Pattern is different than formula. Formula is, if I do this, this, and this, I'll get this. A pattern is a method, kind of, how do I pray? And Jesus actually demonstrated this when the disciples came to him and said, teach us how to pray. He gave them a pattern for prayer. And uh, we've got it in Matthew chapter 6 here. He said, pray like this, our Father in heaven. So right here, here's your, here's your, how many of us know it in the King James English? Most people, right? They don't talk in the King James English, but you got this one prayer. I can't even think of it in the King James English now. Someone give me a clue, start me off. Hallowed be thy name, that's right. Our Father who, uh, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yeah. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us... <clears throat> And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. But most know it in the King James Version. But there's a pattern in there. there there's seven phrases. The first three are about God, and the last four are about us. First three, your name, your kingdom, your will. 
This is in your notes if you want to put it. Your name be kept holy. He is holy. I think it's important to remember who you're praying to, not just because to the majesty of God. You know, how would you address it? Is it flippant? Hey, God, could you do this? Hey, God, could you do that? Hey, God, me again. Hey, God, it's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's like, God, it begins with that majesty. So your name be kept holy. Your kingdom come. His domain, may it come. May it be done here as it is there. Your will be done. So you've got the majesty of God, the dominion of God, and the will of God. It's powerful. It's such a simple prayer. It, quite honestly, it's all we need. And then there's this switch. And the last four phrases are about us. Give us, forgive us, don't let us, rescue us. Give us today the food we need. We trust you as our provider, Father. You're the one that gives us all that we need. We thank you for giving us all that we need. Because sometimes we can get into the mindset that we're our providers. Well, I work hard, don't I? I go out and got a job. and No, no, God is our provider. Give us today the food we need. We trust you as our provider. Forgive us. And may we forgive. We need your grace. That's such a one. I mean, Jesus did such a great job there because when he tagged that second line on there, forgive as you forgive, it brings us right back to grace. God, I need your grace. I don't just need your forgiveness. I need your grace because if I'm getting forgiven the way I forgive, it's not going well. I need more. I need more. Don't let us, more traditional, lead us away from Temptation. Do not let us be drawn into temptation. <laughs> Who's he saving us from? Ourselves, yeah. Left to our own devices. I mean, my wife goes to the retreat, I eat half a pig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and rescue us, deliver us from our enemy. He's the liar, he's the deceiver, he's the taker of souls. Rescue us from him, Father, because he will present things in such a manner that I'll take that bait. He's so good at it. Look at this half a pig, Mike. You could cook that. <laughs> now, one little note here. Jesus said to pray like this. He didn't say pray this. Nothing wrong with praying it, but he said pray like this. This is a, a pattern for prayer. And there's nothing wrong with having a pattern for prayer. There are all kinds of pattern, patterns for prayer. Acts. Anyone familiar with the Acts one? Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Adoration. That's kind of where Jesus started. God, you're God. Confession. I'm me. I need forgiveness. Thanksgiving. Thank you for forgiving me. And supplication is where we plead or beg, God, I really need your help with this. I really need your help. And, and, and my neighbor needs your help. That's, that's Acts. That's a good one. Uh, there's another one, a similar one. As the Christian, I pray. Anyone familiar with that one? No? Don't worry about it then. Adoration, thanksgiving, confession, intercession, petition. What about the hand prayer? 
Yeah, you're familiar with that one? And there's a few of those. Petition, confession, intercession, thanksgiving, praise. And there was another one I put on there. You can't really see them from where you are, can you? His protection, his provision, his plan, his power, his presence, and his perfection. But the one I remember, protection was in the palm of the hands because that's Jesus looks after us. So all, all just interesting patterns for prayer. And they're just simply methods of helping us to pray. Okay, here's a, here's a way to pray. So as I got into this this week, I, I decided to go through all four Gospels and look at every passage of Scripture in the four Gospels on prayer and study through those this week to see if I could see a pattern from Jesus' teaching on prayer. And, and there certainly is a pattern. So I'm giving you... Can we go back one, please? Oh, okay. I missed the slide. You're going to learn to love me too. So I got one, and it's ASAP. That's the slide I forgot. ASAP, as soon as possible. All right? So we got some A's, we got some S's, we got some more A's and some more P's. But I gave you more of, of each one. So here's the A. Always, anywhere, anytime. You can pray always. Luke 18, 1. Jesus told his disciples a story. Told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Always pray. All situations, anywhere. You don't have to be in a special place to pray. It's nice to have a special place for me. It helps me sometimes. I've got a spot that I like to go to. I pray there. Sometimes I come and I kneel right here. Or I sit there and pray. And it just there's just something about it. But you can pray anywhere at any time. No matter what. So always is the starting point. Whatever's happening, pray about it. When people come to me with prayer requests, even in small group, as each person says the request, I pray for it. I pray for it right away. Um, if you're around town sometimes, you'll see me praying in Kroger with people or praying outside of a restaurant. Somebody comes up to me. We did it just now right here. Somebody comes up to me and pastor Mike, would you pray for such and such? Yeah, let's do it. Right here, right now. That way I haven't forgotten. And we could pray right now. Anywhere, Jesus prayed on a mountain. He prayed out on the lake. He prayed in the wilderness. He prayed in people's homes. He prayed on the cross. Anywhere. He prayed on his own. He prayed with the three. He prays in the crowd. doesn't matter who you're with or where you are, you can pray. You don't have to wait to be in a special place. And any time, you don't have to wait to the appointed time. Now, Jesus and his disciples, it would seem from the scripture, actually followed the Jewish prescription for prayer. They would pray three times a day, in the morning, in the middle of the day, and in the evening. Nothing wrong with that. In fact, I've even said to people, put something in your phone three times a day that it dings so that you remember time for prayer. Time for prayer right now. It's not a bad pattern. But you can pray at any time. The S is sincerely 
and succinctly. How did I come up with succinctly? Think about this one. <laughs> Sincerely. I'm not going to go into all these scriptures, by the way. I'm going to trust that you'll do the legwork afterwards. Luke 18, 9 to 14. Jesus tells this parable to his, uh, his disciples of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And they're in the temple or they're in the synagogue. And a Pharisee comes in and he begins his prayer. And he gets to the front and he's praying out loud. Oh, Lord, thank you that I'm not like that guy over there. And there's some poor guy over there who's praying, thank you that I'm honest. Thank you that I'm good. Thank you that I do my tithing. Thank you that I'm just so wonderful, God. Thank you. And this poor guy's over there. He's a tax collector. That means he is the lowest of the low. He is a traitor. That's what a tax collector was. They were traitors. They were taking the money of the people and giving it to the people who had reigning over the people. It's like giving money to the, taking ransom and giving it to the ransomer. But you take the people's money and give it to him. And he's over there and he's tearing his shirt and his heart is broken and he's praying for forgiveness. And Jesus says, I tell you, God heard his prayer and not the holy man's prayer. Because his prayer came from the heart. And this prayer came for everybody to hear it sincerity. I know sometimes people have difficulty praying out loud or praying in a group. I often see this, you know, you're in small group. And sometimes, you know, we're going to pray and it just goes that way. This used to bother me. You'd be sitting around and they say, you don't have to pray. And then this person prays and then that person prays and then that person prays. And then that person so you don't have to pray, but I'm the next person. And all of a sudden, that, this one stops praying, and, and there's a silence, and they're waiting. Who are they waiting for? They're waiting for me to pray. I used to hate that. Um, I don't mind praying anymore. But you're not praying for the approval of other people. When you pray, you're praying to God our Father. And, and it's good to be able to just... That's why in sometimes Jesus said, go to a room on your own. Go to a quiet place and pray in there. So it's just you and God. But even if it's in a group of people, it's all about your heart. It's not about what the other people hear. It's about you and God. And you going to God and just canceling out the fact that you're with anybody else. I'm praying to my God. Sincerely and succinctly. Oh, hang on, I got a verse in here. Did I put it up there? James 4? There you go. Half a pig didn't completely kill my brain. Sincerity means that you get real with God. James 4 says you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So that's the first problem. And then the second problem, even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Now remember Luke 15. If you remain in me 
and my words remain in you. Ask whatever you want, and it will be given to you. To remain in Christ means that we obey Christ. What does it mean to obey Christ? We love. That's the motive. Succinctly, Matthew 6, 7, and 8. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating the words again and again. Have you ever been somewhere and somebody prays for the food? They say grace. And then they just start going on and on and on. And it's, the food's getting cold. I'm not very patient with this, you know. And oh Lord, would you please just bless this great place too that provides this food. And oh Lord, thank you for getting us here. Just say thank you for the food so we can get on with it. <laughs> That's what we're doing right here. One thing you don't want when you're praying is people looking at their watch. <laughs> is it going to be done yet? I remember going to a wedding one time and uh, a fellow got up to pray for the bride and the groom. And he pretty much did a sermon. His prayer was a sermon. And it's like, really? Just stop. You're doing it so everybody can hear you. Stop. Don't keep on babbling. Don't keep on repeating the words. Um, be succinct. Why? And he carries on. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. God already knows. Now, this is a difficult one, isn't it? Doesn't this present us with a challenge? If God already knows, what am I praying for? What's the purpose of my prayer? So I've got two for you here. Relationship is the first one. We're in a relationship with God. He'd like to hear from us. Whether it's a need or a thanks or whatever, he'd like to hear from us. And I know sometimes when I've been praying to God, when something's really been on my heart, as I pray, I'm able to process it. All of a sudden, I see why it's important to me, why I'm struggling with this thing. It's like, oh, it's as though God is answering the prayer as I'm saying the prayer. And the other reason is it brings praise to God. So let me give you an example. I was sharing this story with someone this week for some reason. When I was working in the corporate world, here and up in Canada, it got to a point where I knew that God was calling me into ministry. Somebody else explained that to me. I never came to me, a pastor up in Canada. And then we moved down here, and uh, I thought that that's gone because I was going to get on staff at the church up in Canada. But I definitely felt God tell me, and I can't explain how, no, that's still my plan. You're not allowed to tell anybody, and you're not to do anything about it. I will let you know when it's your time. So, my close friend, Chuck Sarchioni, is the associate pastor here. And Chuck leaves to go out and pastor in a church in Florida. So 
the pastor and the elders, I was one of the elders, were gathered in a room in the church here, and we're praying about the person that's going to take this job and become the associate pastor. And we're, we're, we're literally praying about it. And one of the guys that was an elder, a gruff old fellow, ended up working for the government. I can't remember what division he was in. Dan Sliger. <laughs> gruff is this guy. And we're praying. And all of a sudden, Dan says, Mike Bishop. And I'm like, ooh. He said it again, Mike Bishop. And everybody looks up and they look at Dan. And he said, as soon as I started praying, I heard your name out loud. He said, and I looked around and nobody else was looking. And I thought, well, maybe I imagined it. He said, and I went back to praying again and I heard your name out loud again. Yeah. Hmm? And he looked and he said, I better say something, Mike Bishop. And God had told me, I'll let you know the day. And there was another elder there called Jackie Langford. He said, as soon as I started praying, I couldn't get your name out of my mind. Now, I wasn't in looking for the job. I was doing quite well in the corporate world. It wasn't even on the table that this would happen. So at that point, then that changes the direction of everything. It's like, okay, God, seems like you're calling Mike Bishop into this role. Here's the problem. I've moved down from Canada. I have a work visa to work for the company that I'm working for and no one else. We have a legal team working through getting us green cards and all that stuff. In the midst of that process, 9-11 happens. So it all gets slowed down. So I knew that God had told me, I'm calling you into ministry. I'll let you know when. And that was kind of a pretty obvious when. So I go to work on Monday and I call the lawyer. I said, where, where are things at? And she said, they've approved your green cards. Takes about a year now from approval to you actually getting them because of all the backlog because of 9-11. And I'm thinking, a year? That's not going to work. It doesn't fit with the plans of the church. And, but we're praying about it, God. You know, we believe this is your direction. We believe this is what you're calling us to do, but we can't move forward. Sorry, that was on a Friday. Elders meeting was on a Monday. This conversation was on a Friday. Monday morning, Monday afternoon, we go and open the mail. There are all our green cards. So I called the lawyer. <laughs> I said, we got these cards, and... They're green. <laughs> and they have our names on them. Like, and she said, no. They're, they're, right now, they're processing. The ones that they've just got in the system now are, will be ready in April. They're about a year out. I said, I've got them in my hand. She says, you can't. I do. <laughs> do you think that we praised God? Do you think we told people that story? I'm telling you that story. Do you think God knew that those green cards were going to be in the mail before I ever moved to the USA? When we pray, even though God knows, it, it's like, wow, 
It brings praise to his name. So even though God knows, you you don't stop praying. Be sincere and be succinct. Succinct. Why did I pick that one? Next day. Actively and appreciatively. I picked some long words, didn't I? I don't know what was going on in my brain. Actively and appreciatively. Actively, that means that I don't just pray and leave it in God's hands. I do something. Matthew 9.38 says, So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Oftentimes, oftentimes God's answer to our prayer isn't that he fixes it or does it. He empowers us to fix it or he empowers us to do it. Um, Sometimes difficult circumstances that we pray to get out of is God's way of telling us, I'm doing a work here. And you need to work on the work I'm doing. Oh, God, would you get me out of this? And God's going, I'm not getting you out of it. I gave it to you. There's something that needs to be done, something that needs to be fixed. There's something that's going on in your life that that, that something needs to be done. Would you deliver me from this addiction, God? Absolutely, I'll deliver you. Give AA a call. Go to celebrate recovery. Get counseling. Absolutely, I'll heal you. Sometimes... You know, it gets frustrating sometimes when you're talking to people and they tell you there's an issue going on in their lives and would you pray for me, Pastor Mike? Absolutely. And then you give them some action steps so that that prayer can be answered and they don't want to do it. And then they wonder why next month we're back again talking about the same issue again and again and again and again. When you call on God, be ready to get up and stand up for God and do what God calls you to do. He's not going to just fix it. He's going to work through you to fix it. So it has to be active. Live out your prayers and appreciatively. So this is what I just talked about. Green cards come. Yay, God! Thank you, God! Yes! I like you. Let me go a little bit deeper on that one. One of my favorite verses or passages, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances. Which circumstances? All circumstances. What about when it goes wrong? It doesn't say in all circumstances except for ones you don't like. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Gratitude brings praise to God. And when you choose to be a person who is joyful and grateful, you will look for a reason to give praise even when things don't go the way that you want them to go. Even when difficult things happen, it changes your heart. It brings joy to your heart in the most difficult of circumstances. I remember when my son passed away. He's 30, 31. And we had struggled with stuff with him for such a long time. But when he passed away, I thanked God for 31 years that I had with my son. 
said, wow, God, we had 31 years. Thank you so much. Thank you for those 31 years. I could have, oh, I didn't, didn't get the other 40 years. That's true. Thank you for the ones I did get. And it puts joy in your heart. It changes your attitude in all things. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. And here's what you can take to the bank. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have God's Holy Spirit in you. And God will never ask you to do something that he doesn't enable you to do. So if he tells you to give joy, never stop praying, and be thankful in all circumstances, it is within you to have the power to do that. And the more you yield yourself to Jesus, the more you put aside your thoughts, your feelings, God, I don't get everything, but you do, and I trust you, the more you do that, the more joyful you will be, and he will empower you to do it. Gratitude brings praise to God. All right, the last letter here, the last P, patient and persistent. We kind of talked about this one. Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking and you will receive what you asked for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened for you. Anybody said a prayer and didn't get it answered? Okay, what's the deal then? It doesn't always get answered the way that we think that it should be answered. God's not going to give us something that is not good for us or outside of his will. And we don't see the big picture. We don't know the big picture. And this is where trust comes in. But my experience, my personal experience has been, if God doesn't answer your prayer in the time you expect him to, or in the manner that you expect him to, it's because he has a bigger and better plan than the one that you're currently asking him for. We don't see what he sees. We don't know what he knows. This is a, a trust issue. Never give up praying And be persistent in prayer. Keep on praying. There's nothing wrong. That's not babbling that we were talking about in the previous prayer. Consistency and persistency is okay. I'm not going to give up calling on your name for this one, God. I'm just going to keep on calling on your name. And if it's not God's will, that's okay. But I'm not giving up. Jesus taught that. You know, lack of prayer. When we don't pray, that is practical atheism. Lack of prayer is practical atheism. It's atheism in action. When we give up praying, you know, there's something in our head that says, well, I don't believe God's going to do it. So what's the point? I don't believe God wants to do it. So what's the point? I'm not sure God can do it. So what's the point? All right. Let's bring this to a close. I'm going to take you back to John 15. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Jesus promised to his disciples and to us. And then further down, he says, you didn't choose me. I chose you 
and I appointed you. Every person that Jesus Christ has invited into a relationship with him, who has accepted that relationship, accepted that invitation, has been appointed to go and produce lasting fruit. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for in my name, in Jesus' name. This is my command. Love each other. So it kind of goes back around where we've been. The key to answered prayer is to live our lives trusting in Jesus, in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Sometimes if we don't understand something, we try to reinterpret the scriptures. I see people do this all the time. Oh, it doesn't really mean that. Oh, it never really meant that. I don't understand it, so I'm going to redefine it. Well, these guys, you know, when they wrote it, they didn't really know what they were writing. I'm just going to change that up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So remember... You are a precious child of the Lord. He loves you and he desires to bless you. That's what's in his heart. I want to answer your prayers. Position your life in such a way that I can do that. So live like a child of the Lord. Call on his name and live in love. Amen. So, there's a pattern for prayer. Always, anywhere, anytime, and then I added a bonus one for you. Anyone. Somebody came to me recently and said, is it okay for me to pray this for myself? If you go to John chapter 17, there's a, the whole chapter is Jesus praying. Do you know the first person he prays for? He prays for himself. He begins his prayer with praying for himself. It's okay to pray for yourself. That doesn't mean that you're proud or arrogant or anything else. I pray all the time. God, I acknowledge who God is. And then, I mean, I need a heart change every week. I start there. God, would you just give me an obedient heart? Would you put my mind on those things I need to be thinking about? Let my eyes fall on the things that you want me to see. Open my ears so I hear what you would have me hear. So, always, anywhere, anytime, anyone, pray sincerely. Pray succinctly, don't babble. Pray actively when you call on God to do something and he says, yes, get up, go over there. I'll meet you there. Get up and go over there because he's going to meet you there. Be appreciative, be thankful, and be patient and persistent in your prayers. Amen. All right. I guess I'm up here today, aren't I? So let's pray. I want more like this one. I have a bunch of them right here. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Father, you have loved us with an everlasting love. You've poured your spirit into us so that we can be your children. 
Father, give us hearts of prayer that we would call upon your name, that we would be persistent in our prayers, that we would be active in our prayers, that we would seek opportunity to pray with you in any place at any time for anyone. And Father, I pray that we would see your answers in our prayers, that we may praise your name however you choose to answer it. And Father, I'm sure that there's probably somebody sitting out there right now who's been calling upon your name, wondering where you are, what you're doing. Why haven't you answered their prayer? Father, we don't see the big picture. We don't know the big picture. I pray that you would pour your spirit into that person, Father. That whatever happens, whatever the outcome, they would have joy and thanksgiving and trust in you. For you are trustworthy. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.